Hey, my name's Brayden, and you're listening to the Between the Lines podcast, your in-depth look at the tech industry. Welcome, everyone, to episode number one of the Between the Lines podcast. I'm super excited to be here with you guys, super excited to finally have this thing off the ground. It's been one hell of a road to get here and a lot of work, but uh, we're here now, and that's all that matters. Before I get into what I want to talk about today. Uh, There's a lot of things on my mind, especially after the past week. Um, I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of background on myself and give you guys an opportunity to see, uh, you know, where I'm coming from and and understand me more as a person, as an entrepreneur, um, as an individual. So I guess where I want to begin is uh, I went to Western University for three years. I graduated high school, went to Western University for three years. I originally went for business management administration. I didn't like that very much, so I switched to economics because I enjoyed economics in high school. I thought you know, I was fairly good at it, so I figured, okay, well, why the hell not? So went to economics, and then something called calculus kicked my ass. Um, I basically... I uh, didn't do too well on my uh, final exam that I needed to. I did every, I did well on everything else. I did, did well throughout the year, but the final exam, you know, decided that it was going to kick a man when he's down. And uh, so I decided, okay, well, I guess I'm not doing economics anymore because I didn't want to have to go through the, the, the hell of, of taking calculus all over again. So... I decided to switch to philosophy because I'm a fairly analytical guy. I enjoyed it. It made me think outside the box. And realistically, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life anyway. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to go be a philosopher. Why not? Uh, No, I'm just kidding. I didn't ever want to be a philosopher. But I did think it was going to be something interesting for me to do in the time being while I figured my life out and kind of figured out what I wanted to do with my university career and going forward with that. Um... After three years, though, I basically said, this is not for me. Um, I'm not getting out of it what I'm putting into it. Uh, at that point, I just basically had it with the school system. I I wasn't learning enough. I wasn't uh, succeeding well, um, or at least to the point that I wanted to. And... Uh, So I decided to take a step back and I said, I'm dropping out of school. So I dropped out of school. I got a job as a site supervisor for a trucking company. Yeah, that's uh, a long road from uh, from the tech industry, but I'll explain how I got here. Now, I took a job as a site supervisor for this trucking company. Uh, I won't get into too much detail about what the company does, but basically we transported uh, cranes and uh, livestock as well. Uh, I handled the crane deliveries for all of our GTA um, kind of Ontario based business. Um, and I was dealing with customers, managing a team of people, you know, answering the phone 4,000 times a day, uh, you know, organizing people's schedules, telling them where they're going, you know, problems arise, I deal with them, that sort of thing, you know combination of customer service sales marketing the whole shebang uh and then i did that for about seven months and i you know it was hard work i was working 12 to 14 hours a day six to seven days a week i i barely slept i was up at you know 3 30 in the morning pretty much every single day i wouldn't get home till you know sometimes seven eight nine ten eleven at night and you know shower 
scrub the grease off my body and eat and sleep and get up and do it all over again. So it wasn't it wasn't my cup of tea. Um, it was great while it lasted. Uh, I'm incredibly thankful for having that opportunity. It, it it really gave me a chance to one see what the real world was like coming out of school, which a lot of new graduates or people coming out of school have no idea what they're getting themselves into. Uh, the university is not teaching people enough practical skills that they need these days to succeed in the real world, and that's sad. But uh, I'm not going to get too into that. I'm going to probably save that topic for another time, but uh, or maybe if we have time in this podcast, I'll get to it at the end. But basically, uh, I was researching, thinking, okay, I know I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I know this isn't something that I love to do. Uh, it's good for the time being. I'm making money. I'm saving money, etc. And so... I kind of fell into the tech industry. I'd always loved marketing. Uh, Throughout school, I was always a creative guy. I was an analytical guy, as I said earlier. So my passion for like innovation and technology and kind of like the newest, latest, greatest thing um, kind of intrigued me. And, And being able to bring like my creative side to that was just like, I guess like a match made in heaven for me. So... I reached out to a bunch of people, got involved with various people in the Toronto tech community, uh, you know, tried my best to try and find a job somewhere, but the problem being with a three years of university experience in not the same field of study, no degree, I had no experience whatsoever, I had no idea what I was doing, um, not many people want to take a chance on that guy, right? And well, they didn't, so yeah. <laughs> but what did happen is all that rejection, I, I I can't even tell you how many companies I applied to, how many jobs I applied to, and it just, it wasn't working out. And I recognized that, and I recognized that I'm not gonna have an opportunity to even show what I've got to somebody, at least have them pay me for it anyways. So. I decided, okay, so I'm gonna start doing work for free. I'll, I'll go to, you know, the people I know, the people I'm closest with in the tech industry or the, you know, the people I know the best who even then wasn't, I didn't know them very well. But I went to them, I said, hey, I think I can help you. Let me show you what I can do. I will do it for free. I will volunteer my time for you. I just want the experience. That's all I want in return. The, op- the, the, the ability to be able to work for you and do something and get experience in this industry is all I'm asking for in return. And uh, I wasn't always taken up on that offer either. Um, just th- situations don't always uh, lend themselves to that kind of stuff. Um, especially even though you're taking on someone for free, there's still you know a lot of a lot of work involved on on an investment of time on their end. So I understood that and that was fine. But there's a few people who did agree to. Um, one being the founder of uh, Move the Dial, Jody Kovitz. Uh, she basically gave me an opportunity to do some market research for her for free and uh, said, put together a document for me and uh, I'll see what you can do. And then uh, another company called Adept Mind Inc. I've done some various uh, analytic work for them, uh, volunteering my time again. 
which is still kind of ongoing uh, on an ongoing basis. Um, so yeah, and then and I volunteered at a, a, co- a tech conference as well. I've been to various tech conference, various networking events, etc. You know, just really trying to get myself as immersed as as possible in the tech industry. And then I kept getting the same thing in interviews time and time again. One, I didn't have enough experience. And two, I didn't have a degree. Uh, And there's one thing I learned that if you don't have a degree, um, you need to have experience. You have to. People People who are willing to look past your degree are not willing to look past no experience as well. It's just not gonna happen. And I recognize that and I recognized, well, everyone's telling me I need to go back to school. Uh, basically, interviewers were like, I think you're great. I think you're you're a perfect fit. You don't have a degree though. And we have a policy in our company. You have to have a degree if you're gonna work for us. So go to school, get your degree. You did three years, finish your degree off and come back and talk to us and, and, and we can move forward with the situation. But I didn't wanna do that. Uh, I didn't want to have to go back to school. It was a place that I didn't find myself succeeding. So I didn't want to put myself in a position to be unsuccessful again. And so I finally came to a breaking point and I said, I am not going to go back to school. I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to keep working, doing work for free for whoever is willing to take me on at the time. I'm going to build my resume and I'm going to look into starting my own company. And so uh, then began the learning process of, of and, and the thought process of, okay, well, I have no idea what I want to do in terms of starting a company. I had no ideas. And then I was thinking, well, you know what? I love marketing, but I don't have marketing experience. I love tech, but I don't have any tech experience. So I said, I'm going to make a company that is designed to just talk about tech. I can talk about the thing that I love and then I can put it, make it into platforms and put that content on the platforms where I can engage my creative side and my marketing side with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, my blog that I have, uh, all that other stuff. And now this podcast. So it kind of just made sense for me. And then obviously everyone's saying, well, you have no experience. How, how the hell do you expect to start a company? Well, like anything else, I learn as I go. And I did. So I said, okay, so I have my idea now. Um, it's not gonna cost me a dime to start it up, which is another fantastic thing about this. I didn't have to invest any money whatsoever um, other than registering my company. And that was it. I just basically said, I'm just gonna start. And I taught myself how to use Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop, InDesign, uh, Adobe Audition, um, after effects uh taught myself uh you know how to properly utilize all the various social media platforms because this is this is another thing that a lot of people don't uh really understand like people use social media but they don't understand like how to properly utilize it i certainly didn't and i still don't understand it completely but i have a better understanding of it now than i did And what it's allowed me to do is basically put out content in an efficient way to reach as many people as possible and hopefully spark an interest in somebody to engage in conversation and provide opinions and hopefully can grow this into a community um, of individuals who have a passion, a a common passion for tech. 
And that was my goal. I just wanted to create a community, create a place for people to be comfortable and share their passions about tech, no matter what it was, whether it's about the future of tech, uh, what's happened, what's happening, breaking it all down and analyzing it all. And that's why I'm sitting here with you guys today. I basically, um, for those of you who are following us, we put out content daily on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we write a blog as often as we can. Um, and we just talk about tech and that's, and it's allowed me to, to do graphic design and teach myself how to do all that and teach myself about audio and, and visuals and, and Facebook advertising and social media advertising and understanding all the various things that go along with it. Web design is another big one. Um, because I've done everything myself. I basically, I, I handle everything to do with the company. It's a one-man operation at the moment. It's just me. I, I do the Facebook. I do the Twitter. I do the Instagram. I built, I designed our website. Um, I figured everything out on my own. So, uh, yeah, so it, it's been a huge learning process for me, but an exciting one at that. And then, you know, search engine optimization and stuff like that, that's been around for an extremely long time. But, um something that I've never had to do prior to this. And it's been fun putting myself through a crash course on that. So I guess that kind of brings you guys up to speed on on where I'm coming from, my background and all this. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I'm leaving out as well, but for the sake of time and, and not boring you to half to death, uh, actually, you know what? I think I'm gonna have enough time to talk about uh, our school system and, and everything to do with that and that that topic that I want to talk about and also get to the stuff that I had originally planned for today as well. So we are seeing a paradigm shift in the education system for North America, at least. Um, things called boot camps that will teach you very practical skills needed to go into your chosen field in tech have popped up all over cities uh, and are gaining traction uh, people can go to these boot camps for a fraction of the cost that it will take to go to university or go to college for four years to get an undergrad degree uh, and will teach you more practical skills in various strains of computer engineering so like machine learning AI basic programming pretty much anything you want to learn in terms of technical skills for uh, the tech industry these boot camps can assist in teaching you that and they'll teach you in a matter of weeks and not years that's the difference which brings me to my next point that there are not enough specialized programs out there for people looking to go into a specific field in tech and therefore is leading to a lack of high quality talent being put into our ecosystems today companies cannot find enough highly qualified engineers, programmers, etc., because universities and colleges aren't producing them at a rate that we need because they're not offering specialized enough programs to train people in the areas that the tech industry actually needs and requires. On top of all this, we live in an age of Google where there is so much information available to us at the click of a few buttons that it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to go to university or college when they are setting the price of admission at your firstborn child and a kidney. All joking aside, students are graduating school with an undergrad degree, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, and not a pot to piss in in terms of job opportunity. Now this isn't to say that school doesn't serve its purpose, and it is an incredibly rewarding thing for a lot of people. And some go on to be very successful based solely on their education. But the problem is, 
Sooner or later, you need to learn practical skills in order to enter the workforce of today, and schools just aren't teaching enough of them. The competition is higher than it's ever been, and it's getting higher every year. Every year, it's getting higher. There's less and less jobs available. The standard of talent, the standard of, of, of engineers and programmers and all that other stuff has increased exponentially over the last decade. And it's only going up. All in all, we are seeing a shift in more and more people opting out of school in place of something I like to call the university of life. I am living proof. I just told you guys my story. I'm living proof of the fact that you learn way more by getting out in the real world and doing rather than sitting in a classroom and listening. And maybe this is more the case for some than it is for others. But I think the majority of people can benefit from this type of learning environment, and they do. Being in the real world will knock you flat on your ass a few times, sure. But it will also teach you a few things. One, how to deal with adversity and rejection, because trust me, there is a lot of it to be had in your life. If you haven't already experienced it, I'm sure a lot of you have, but trust me, there's more coming whether you like it or not. Two, practical skills on how to handle interviews, how to network, how to carry yourself in a business environment, all stuff they are not teaching you in school. Three, how to become self-driven and motivated. And I think this is, this is the number one thing the real world will teach you. You say you want to do something. You say you want to be an entrepreneur. You say you want to start a company. You say you want that job. You say you want to be the best uh, computer engineer out there. When you get in the real world, no one's holding your hand anymore. That's it. You're on your own. And if you're not passionate enough and driven enough to hone your craft, and elevate your skills each and every single day, teaching yourself the skills because no one else is gonna do it for you, you're gonna be dead in the water. And that's what the real world will teach you. A side note to this, uh, we're coddling the young people in our society too much. If we push them out into the real world, encourage them to teach themselves new skills, apply for opportunities uh, to do work for free, build a resume and a backbone, fall flat on your face nine times, get up 10, they'll be so much better off. And we are not doing them any favors by attempting to shelter them because sooner or later life comes knocking at the front door. And if you choose not to answer it, it'll bust the damn door down regardless. So embrace it. It, we live in an incredible society where you don't need to pay tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn the skills that you need to be successful. And like I said earlier, this is not completely disregarding the school system because it has value and it has its place in time. I just think that one, their pricing model needs to change because they're going to single-handedly destroy our economy if they don't which is a whole other issue in and of itself. But two, they're not teaching 
our kids, our students, the young people of today, the, the future of tomorrow, enough practical skills to be successful and get jobs right out of university to pay for the hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of dollars in debt that they're in because of the school. It's a vicious cycle. And a complete side note to this, that's why I take the stance of people in the in the tech industry in particular, or any industry for that matter, who put so much weight on the fact that you have a piece of paper from a university saying that you have a degree in something. All that degree says is you have the ability to learn. That's it. I've heard I've heard the the excuse that well if you don't have a degree it shows that you have a lack of hustle if you didn't finish school. I think that is an incredibly narrow-minded view. I think there are so many people out there who school just doesn't fit for them. It just doesn't work. There's an old saying that goes, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing it is a failure. And that's what we're doing to the people of today, our young people of today. We're telling them your ability to be successful in this world is predicated on your ability to go be successful in a school environment that you do not get to choose. And that's not teaching you enough practical skills to be successful anyways. And I encourage anybody who wants to challenge me on this topic to reach out. I will gladly explain my point of view to them in length. But anyways, enough beating up on the education system for one day, although I think it deserved it. Um, I want to transition into a hot topic of today uh, and as of as of late cybersecurity and in particular Facebook's recent scandal with the whole Cambridge Analytica situation. Uh, and before I break it down for you guys and tear Facebook a new one, um, <laughs> let me give you some context and background for those of you who aren't as informed. Uh, over the past year, Facebook has run into some serious issues, to say the least, of not protecting its user base. Uh, one instance being their live streaming platform was inevitably used to stream inappropriate content to millions of people. Um, there are accusations thrown around of the Russian government using Facebook to try and influence the presidential election. Uh, and finally, that brings us to the past few weeks where basically what happened was in 2015, a data analysis company called Cambridge Analytica uh, gathered information and harvested profiles uh, of people on Facebook and from a Cambridge professor by the name of Alexander Kogan, who made some sort of app, installed it on Facebook's platform. Uh, it would gather personal information of those who signed up for it, um, which just so happened to be about 50 million users. And he gave all that information to Cambridge Analytica. Uh, Facebook then found out about this and uh, issued a notice to Cambridge Analytica stating that they need to delete all information gathered since it was not per given permission to do so by Facebook or by the users whose information was, was harvested uh, and then never followed up with it and never notified its user base. 
Fast forward to the most recent presidential election, one that saw Donald Trump become the current president. Uh, Cambridge Analytica worked for the Trump campaign and used the information it gathered to target and sway political opinions during the election campaign. Which now brings us to today. So now that all uh, now that all you guys are uh, caught up, let's get into it. Um, what in the hell was Facebook thinking? To prevent myself from blowing a complete gasket, uh, let's break it down. First off, they never uh, notified users of the profile data harvesting taking place, which is completely unethical and should go against regulations, policies, what have you. And personally, I think that uh, Facebook should be prosecuted legally for this matter. You have... And, and sorry, secondly, uh, they sent a single notice to delete the information and never followed up with that, resulting in the information never being deleted. So first off, the fact that it's not a law that a company like Facebook, the biggest social media platform on the planet, it has over 2 billion users, billion, it has more sway and more power than some governments in this world do. And roughly 50 million people, it's more people than that than the entire country of Canada. 50 million people had their personal information harvested only to be used against them, targeting them to sway their political views and opinions for the presidential election and Facebook didn't think that they had an obligation to notify the, those users one notified the users in particular whether they had access to that information I don't know if they if they knew specifically what users had been affected by this I'm assuming they could have found out but if that's not the case then at least issue a notice to its user base saying we've we it's come to our attention a third-party uh, data analysis company has harvested uh, some of uh, our users, roughly 50 million of our users' uh, profile information. Uh, please, you know, check your privacy settings. What, whatever they, whatever they could do, but at least keep the com- line of communication open. And they didn't do that. It's blatant negligence. It's incredible that they didn't think to do that. Secondly, bringing up to the second point, they only sent a single notice to Cambridge Analytica about deleting the information they gathered, and they never followed up. Are you kidding me? You're telling me an information harvest of that size of your users that sign up for your platform and trust your privacy settings and you don't think to follow up? It's crazy. And thirdly, I mean, the fact that Facebook has done so little to prevent stuff like this happening is why they're in in such shit right now. They have done so, so, so little to prevent data harvesting or hacking of people's personal information. And it's amazing to me how Facebook can get away with that. 
And on top of that, they turn around and say, well, it's not actually a data breach because the way the laws are currently written in the United States, it allows them to navigate that term by simply saying, well, uh, everybody who had signed up for the app is therefore consenting to having their information used in, in, in whatever way. Which to me is, is, is a crock of shit. <laughs> because even though by signing up for an app, you may have consented to some information being provided to this app. But they did not, I, I guarantee you, not a single user who signed up for this app actually consented, knowingly consented, to one, all their personal pro profile information being taken and then used and distributed to Cambridge Analytica and then have it used against them to try and sway their political opinion for the upcoming election. I don't think a single person of those 50 million users knowingly consented to that. And that's the issue. Regulations and laws need to be written as such to hold companies like Facebook accountable for these actions or lack thereof. It seems crazy to think that a company like Facebook with 2 billion users and more power than some governments have doesn't foresee, and sorry, with, with the amount of information that they have as well, because think about it with 2 billion users with all personal information, that's a, that's a lot of, lot of, lot of data that becomes a gold mine. You have to think at some point someone's going to come knocking trying to get it. And either they had the foresight that maybe, maybe, maybe at some point someone is going to try and do something like this and they did nothing about it or they didn't see it coming which is another big problem because they should have and the whole cybersecurity issue leads back to uh, Equifax last year even you look at Equifax, over a hundred million people were affected by that data breach. And for those of you who aren't aware of the situation that happened last year with Equifax, I'll give you a quick uh, brief summary of it. Equifax is a credit regulatory agency. Basically their information on, on people is used to determine people's mortgage rates. And they essentially were hacked and like I said, over 100 million people in total were susceptible to uh, having their information uh, affected or, or tweaked or, or what have you. And um, there was no there was no evidence or proof that of, of a specific number of people being affected by it that guaranteed that, yes, you have had your information affected. But there was at least over 100 million people that could have been. Whether they were or not, nobody knows but they were susceptible to it, which means in turn that people who have been paying X rate for their mortgage could have been overpaying for the past number of years, which is a huge, huge, huge issue. The fact that companies like this are not taking this seriously enough is ludicrous and the government needs to step up and make a change. 
and hold these companies accountable for it. And I think that's what's now starting to happen. I mean, you look at Facebook over the past week, people are now starting to delete all of their Facebook accounts and, and because Facebook owns Instagram and Instagram and WhatsApp accounts as, as, a, as a consequence of that as well. But the people are now standing up for their rights because apparently no one else is going to. And I think, or at least I hope, it's going to be a huge wake-up call for Facebook. Because I don't think up until this point, they have been held accountable for their actions like this, in this way. And I'm glad that it's finally now happening. I mean, even take a look at Uber, who has had oh, an astronomically high number of incidents in the recent weeks and months and, and years uh, associated with them. But in particular, basically how you have to have credit card information synced up with your Uber account or you can't have an Uber account. That's part of the policy, as Uber says, to ensure that payment is received and, and to help protect against things like fraud and other things of that nature. But they went through a big hack themselves. A lot of people's personal information and therefore credit card information was was compromised. And even now, if you go onto Uber's app, it won't allow you to delete your credit card information without getting rid of your Uber account. It won't let you. And there's incidents where people have been hacked, their personal information, they, they, they they were having suspicious activity on their Uber accounts and contacted Uber and said, it won't let me delete my credit card information. Um, please allow me to do so because I think I've been I've been hacked. Uber then verified that, yes, they uh, there's someone else was trying to gain access to their account. Um, they didn't get access to their account, but uh, they won't be able to remove your credit card information because that's part of their policy that you need to have a credit card synced up with your Uber account in order to have an Uber account which is crazy to me. And I, th and I think the biggest problem is that obviously these companies have never been held accountable enough for their actions and, and, and the lack of protection of its users, but they should have some sort of obligation. I thought they would on their own, but clearly they need some sort of external power forcing them to have an obligation to protect its user base because they won't do it. They've made that very clear. They don't care about you. They don't care about your data. They don't care about your privacy. All they care about is their bottom line and their ability to take your data and then turn around and sell it. Because that's what's happening. That's not to say specifically with Facebook, that's what Facebook's doing. Although they've released various statements saying that's not what their brand is about, that's not what their company's about. We don't encourage information uh, uh, sharing or, or, or selling of any kind. Um, but again, you don't really know. I mean, hell, I sign up for a no-call list with, with Bell Mobility uh, and I still get telemarketing calls all the time. So someone's selling the information. If it's not Bell, it's somebody. Somebody has it and somebody's uh, selling the information. Companies say a lot of things. What they actually do is a whole other story. Anyways, 
I just want to that's that that brings us to the the end of the the podcast for today um episode one in the books super exciting thank you guys so much for listening uh just want to give a quick uh notice that uh for any of you who are enjoying this content uh have enjoyed our content or don't yet uh know about us um please go check us out at our website uh, betweentlmedia.com follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at betweentlmedia um our blog that we post multiple times a week on various topics such as this um is between the lines media on medium.com and uh i hope that this uh, this was somewhat informative somewhat entertaining if you guys have any suggestions for future podcast ideas or topics you think i should talk about or or touch on um feel free to just uh, send us an email um dm us on twitter or, or facebook or instagram let us know uh what you guys are thinking what your guys thoughts are about this whole thing and because i'm incredibly new to this and I, i'm sure it's it's not perfect but uh, i'm working hard to make it so and uh, i know i have a list of uh or i'm, I'm in the process of making a list of of guests that i want to have on uh, so stay tuned for that i'll be announcing that whenever i have an opportunity to get someone on here i'll, I'll make sure everyone's notified well in advance that we're going to be having a guest on that week uh, but for the first few episodes, I think it's just going to be me uh, by myself talking. Um, and then we'll try to introduce more and more guests as we as we go along here. And I have a lot of interesting topics lined up for for various various uh, guest podcasts that I want to do. So or if there's anyone in particular, um, that's another thing. If there's any, anyone in particular that you guys would like to maybe see on the on the podcast or or some or a particular industry you guys uh want to see someone represented from uh let me know and uh like i said shoot us a, a dm or an email and, and and let me know i'm more than happy to uh play things by ear and and, and improve as we go here until next time as always read between the lines thanks Bye.